Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 20 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be reading Genesis 3, verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, we are all uh, very much aware that there is physical pain and sorrow involved when a woman gives birth physically to a child. And certainly God does have that in view here as he is letting the woman know that when she uh, gives birth, when she has a child, that there will be sorrow, grief, there, there will be difficulty in the birth process. And that's true and has been true all through history, even today with modern medical science and and all the the drugs and the helps that modern medicine has uh, in um, administering drugs to women involved in childbirth, painkillers and things like that, there's still periods of difficulty and much physical discomfort and pain and sorrow. And that's a fact. Since the fall into sin. And there is nothing to indicate that prior to uh, mankind's sin, to Adam and Eve's sin, that the woman would have had sorrow or pain in childbirth. Actually, we can be sure there would not have been any problems of that nature in any kind because it is with the curse that God has um, brought difficulty uh, into the whole creation by cursing the creation. Uh, things just will not go easy for sinful man that has rebelled against God during their time of living in this world while under the curse of of God or under the wrath of God. And it, well, yes, of course, when God saves someone, the curse is removed, but still they're living in a cursed world, and still they would have a cursed body, of their physical body of a saved individual that is living on the earth at this time is still a cursed body because it's seeing corruption. It's not until the resurrection of the body that that curse is removed. And... Therefore, due to the effects of the curse on the creation, things do not go smoothly. They do not go easily. But there is great difficulty in practically everything. And 
The reason is that God created the world and created man to rule over this world to serve him. And when man serves God, then all is in its proper order. All things work out for good. And, well, um, now there is something that God has determined for the elect that all things do work together for good, even um, negative things, sinful things that that have happened to God's people over the course of living in this sin-cursed earth. Yet, yet God's the one turning it all for good. They're still painful. They're still uh, very negative things that, that occur. But God works it for good. Yet, when the world was created and when it was in submission to God and to his law, when Adam and Eve obeyed God, then things work perfectly. They they work in the order they were intended to work in. And, and so there's no thorns or thistles um, in the flowers. All things are good and right. And childbirth would have been um, a, a lovely, beautiful experience for Eve and for all women. Thereafter, it, there would have been no pain or sorrow of any kind. That is what God says concerning the new heaven and new earth. And so we know it's possible that there is uh, a way that there can be life without pain. As it says in Revelation chapter 21, after God says that he will dwell with them and be their God, In verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And that that is when God has um, corrected it all. He he has uh, saved his people, and he has dealt with man's rebellion and and the rebellion of the fallen angels and he's destroyed it all created a new heaven and new earth and now he makes it perfect just as the garden of eden was in the beginning and there's no sorrow there's no pain there's no grief and so forth yet with sin comes all these things and there is sorrow and there is grief and, and there is pain in childbirth and many, many other things. And, and so we're aware of that. We, we all understand that. Um, as we've all been born into the world and, uh, many women have experienced childbirth. They, they understand exactly what God is saying with this language unto the woman. He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Yes, that's very understandable in the natural realm, on the physical level. But we know that this is the Bible. We also know that God has been using the woman as a picture of the elect, the bride of Christ. She's the woman 
that came out of Adam's side as God took his rib and formed the woman. And that relates to the bride of Christ taken when Jesus was on the cross and he had his side pierced and out flowed water and blood. The gospel that that went into the world and found God's elect and, and thus formed the woman, the spiritual woman that is comprised of everyone that God would save. Well, now here in Genesis 3.16, it says again in the first part of the verse, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And the word greatly is 72.35 in Strong's Concordance, and it's the same word as multiply. It's actually the same word twice. I will multiply, multiply thy sorrow. And God, uh, in another place, uses this same Hebrew word two times. In Genesis 22, in Genesis 22, in verse 17, um, speaking to Abraham, he says that in blessing, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. There we have that same Hebrew word, multiply, doubled. In multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. And that's exactly what's in view here in Genesis. Remember the previous verse in verse 15 of Genesis 3. And I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. And we looked at that and we saw how the gospel, the the deeper spiritual meaning, can be understood in those sentences, and and yet it's continuing. It's continuing into the next verse when God is speaking to the woman. He he is speaking on one level, the surface level of the Bible, concerning physical birth, yet on the deeper level. The underlying gospel level, the spiritual meaning, he is speaking of the bride of Christ, the elect bride, the woman, who will uh, bring forth the man-child and also the remnant of her seed, the elect that are in Christ. Christ is the seed singular, and all the elect are in him and counted for the seed. And and in speaking to the woman, spiritually representing all those that God will save, God says, I will multiplying multiply. I will multiplying multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And we, we could look up this word multiply um, a few times and find it's used in a similar way. For instance, in Exodus 32... Verse 13, it says, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and sayest unto them, 
I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And, and so the multiplying seed relates to the salvation of God's elect. As he spoke to Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he, he talked of multiplying the seed. And, well, again, in the first instance, it points to Jesus, who is the seed singular, but all those that Christ saves are counted for the seed in him. And, and that's what God is saying concerning the woman that multiplying, um, God will multiplying, multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. Now, before we look at the idea of sorrow in the multiplication of seed, that is, in the salvation of God's elect, let's first, um, add a little bit to this idea of the elect as a child or as uh, babies in Psalm 139. It says in verse 13, I'll start reading there. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And David is being moved by God to write this psalm. David is a type and a figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all those that Christ saved are said to be of the body of Christ. We are members of his body. And here, David is going to recount, as God moves him to write down these words, his, uh, or, or it would seem to be, his formation in his mother's womb. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And and so that would be the child David coming together as he is conceived. And that's what our verse is uh, referring to. God will multiplying, multiply um, sorrow uh, in, in conception, in, in the conceiving of a baby and uh, in, in the bringing forth of children. Well, it goes on to say in verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, in curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Now, here is where we have to leave the idea of David being physically formed in his earthly mother's womb because David was not physically formed or curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. That's just not true of David. And the womb is not the lowest parts of the earth. But it is true of the Lord Jesus Christ, because Christ, the Bible tells us, was to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus was to come under the wrath of God, and God spoke of that 
as uh, Jonah was in the whale's belly for three days and three nights, so too would the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. And, and that was a figure of speech to represent being under the wrath of God. Now, when Jesus was under the wrath of God, at the point of the world's foundation, he was making payment for sin for all of his elect, everyone that he would save. And, and therefore, in a real way, he was forming the body, the, the body of Christ. He was forming, here we would say, the body of David, as Christ is called David in the Bible. And, and he was curiously, um, uh, bringing it together. I almost said rotting it, but he was curiously forming this body and he was doing so in the lowest parts of the earth, being under the wrath of God. He was paying for all their sins cleansing them from all iniquity. They were being baptized with the washing away of their sin as Christ was baptized since he bore all their filthy deeds and thoughts and and every sin that they would ever commit against God. Christ bore it. God poured out his wrath upon him for it and it was purged away, washed away By the fires of hell, hell is the grave, by death, Jesus made payment. Well, then it says in verse 16 of Psalm 139, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And and again, perfection in the Bible for the body of Christ is when that body comes together not only when every one of them has been saved in the first resurrection, but perfection to be made whole is when every single one of them has received their new resurrected body, their, the second resurrection, which comes at the very end. And, and so, um, here, thine eyes, speaking of God, did see my substance, yet being unperfect. At this point, at the foundation of the world, the body is in the early stage of conception. This is when the body of Christ, all those that would be counted amongst the elect, was conceived. And it's unperfect because they have not yet been born into the world, and they have not heard the gospel to save their soul, the first resurrection, nor have they had their physical body redeemed with the second resurrection. So at the point of the world's foundation, it, it it's very much an imperfect state, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written. Now there we can see the reference to the Lamb's Book of Life. And we, we've we spent time when we went through the Book of Revelation because there was references to this book where God wrote down the names of everyone that he would save. No, there's not a literal book and he didn't literally write the names. But in the infinite mind of God, God determined 
to save Jacob and, and everyone else, um, Abel and Noah and Abram and so forth, every one of the elect that are written in the Bible and every one of the elect whose names were not recorded in the Bible, but they're in the Lamb's Book of Life. They were predestinated to receive salvation. And so in thy book, it's the book of God, the book of the Lamb, all my members were written. And and uh, let, let's go just to remind ourselves to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says in verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. We are the body of Christ, members in particular. You, if you're truly saved, are a member. And I, if I'm truly saved, am a member. And so is the one over there and the one over there. We are members of the body of Christ. Everyone that's truly saved is a member. And in thy book, it says in this Psalm 139, verse 16, all my members were written. Yes, members in is in italics, but it is giving the sense of what's being said here. All my members were written which in continuance were fashioned. And that's the word formed from Genesis 2-7, where God formed man of the dust of the ground, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now, isn't that a beautiful description of God, number one, uh, performing his atoning work, as the works were finished from the foundation of the world, predestinating all those to be saved, paying for their sins, and forming the body, forming in, in the sense of conception, in Christ, when there was none of them. Remember that statement in Isaiah 63? It says, I trotted the winepress alone, and of the people... There was none with me. There was none of them. Not a single individual because there was no world as yet. There there was no universe as yet. There was no man as yet. There was no sin of any kind as yet. Because God did it all before it would begin. And here, um, verse 17 of this psalm says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them, if I should count them. They are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. That is, the thoughts of God towards the members of the body of Christ and to the Lord Jesus, who is the head, uh, just you can't count them. They're more than the sand of the sea. It, It is God's plan, and it always has been, for the woman to give birth to 
a child. And we see, yes, there was a woman in Revelation 12 who appeared, a great wonder in heaven, and and she was clothed with the sun and so forth, and she gave birth to the man-child, giving birth to Christ in his earthly body, and Jesus entered into the world, and but still that woman fled into the wilderness, and then Satan pursued her, and, and that was the whole New Testament church age. But the woman has also to give birth to the child that was conceived from the foundation of the world, the child that is her herself. It is all the elect together, all those that God determined to save. And, and so as God did save these, um, chosen people, these chosen individuals in every generation throughout the history of the world. It was as though the child was developing. The the child was conceived from the foundation of the world, but just as a baby's conceived in the womb, then the baby begins to grow. It begins to form and to come together until the birth. And that's the picture. Um, in Isaiah 54, it says in verse 1, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith Jehovah. And this is um, picked up in the book of Galatians along with um, a historical parable, as it says in Galatians chapter 4, concerning uh, Abraham and his two sons, in, in uh, Galatians 4, verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a handmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Born, born, the, the, these two sons were born, one after the flesh, one of promise. And God says these things are an allegory. They represent the two covenants and, and so forth. And then he says again in verse 28, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. So we see it's not only Christ, but but it's we brethren. It, it's the ones that God has saved. And then in verse 29, But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. And And that all ties in and relates to God's salvation program concerning the children born of these two covenants and and God's elector born of the covenant of grace of the covenant of promise were were born of Sarah in that in that sense well uh we don't have time to look at the sorrow aspect but lord willing when we get together in our next study we'll we'll see how God ties in sorrow with the sending forth of the gospel 
And when the gospel sent forth, what happened? People became saved, and they they were born, in a sense, after the promise, born by the grace of God, and became a part of, or or it was, uh, they didn't become, they had long been, but but it was um, made a reality that that uh, what God had done from the foundation of the world for them became evident. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.